some good old-fashioned Northern Irish crack on the Speed Mentor podcast today. This is episode 154 of the Speed Mentor podcast with me, your host, Chief Wallace, Gavin Wall, and the most avid of the Wall Russians will know that we've we've done this one, this type of one, uh, once or twice on the pod before. Previously, we've done uh, Room 101. We're doing a Room 101 today. We've done one, I think, before on Corporate Speak. Um, we've done room, room 101 on... Stop talking shite or something like that. I couldn't be arsed looking up the actual episode, if I'm honest. Um, so we've done a couple of them before, but a regular listener hit me up recently to tell me that the Corporate Speak episode was one of his favourites. Now, he said that he had taken great inspiration from it and applied it in his work and life and that the outcome had been a major uptick in awareness and appreciation of him as a valued member of the team when he took on some Corporate Speak, a.k.a. bullshit, and he took it on head on um, with his manager when his manager was talking um, some shite. And that actually reset the relationship with his peers and with management. And he's turned his career around. Now, I may have layered it on a wee bit thick there of what he actually did say to me. But that was a thrust. And you know who you are out there. So thanks for letting me know that that corporate speak 101 had made a difference. And that's why I'm doing this episode today. So... That's what I call a massive win for one of the Walrusians. A veritable 1-0 away victory over Dickhead Island, playing into the headwind in the second half towards their cop end. That's a beautiful, beautiful win. Now, that message, as I say, has inspired today's episode. I'll be up front here. I definitely can't promise that anything so worthy will come out of today's episode, as this is probably more it's probably more of a like a mood lightener to balance up some of the, the gloom about the Rona that you may have in your life and, and, and to do it without the need to resort to a bottle of rouge or two. So today we're going to do a Room 101 on sayings that have come out of the current lockdown and the current crisis that need to be fucking locked down themselves, never to be heard of again once this crisis is over. Now some of them you may have heard of and some perhaps not as the as the Rona and the accompanying lockdown spreads across the globe, a, a globe, the globe, and it's sort of at various stages impacting you know each country just at a different, slightly different time and a different stage. So we will hear some of these words. Well, some of them will be in different languages, but we'll hear some of these different words become part of our lexicon at different stages, depending on how far we are into the lockdown and the crisis, and. Well, I must say, every this is happening in every country, of course, except for Walrus Island. So I'm going to dive straight in here right away. I think I'm going to give you about eight different sayings from uh, the Rona, from the lockdown, and we'll see whether we'll stick them into Room 101 where they should be banished, never be heard of again as soon as this shite's all over. So, number one, here we go. We're going to start with a biggie here. This one is going on Boris's tombstone and it almost went on his tombstone a lot earlier than he was expecting a few weeks ago because our first entry is herd immunity herd immunity now this was more commonly used by quacks like doctor or or should I say discredited former doctor Andrew Wakefield 
who um, maliciously and falsely claimed that MMR vaccination was linked to autism and he had Karen on Facebook threatening the country with fucking measles outbreaks. So that's probably the only time that those outside of epidemiology or science had ever heard of it before herd immunity. And Boris, he spaffed it all up on this morning with Phil and Holly and everywhere else too. He was spaffing herd immunity, herd immunity um, left, right and centre. Now... I have to be honest, I have a little bit, I'm just being honest here, it sounds like I'm having a go board. I have a little bit of sympathy, right? Now don't fucking shoot me, listen to me before you shoot me. I have a little bit of sympathy, um, just a little bit, but only in the context of herd immunity, in the context of full isolation of elderly, um, full isolation of high risk, when we're social distancing um, is being applied, and when we're testing and we're tracking and tracing, right? Herd immunity is uh, um, something that should be considered when you've taken care of all of that sort of stuff, including your care homes, etc., have been taken care of really, really well, and you've locked down your airports, then you should start then. That, that's just my view, okay? Not fucking mass herd immunity, you still people. Right, anyway, unfortunately, none, as I said, of the other constituent elements of a good strategy were put in place that could have enabled a control herd immunity strategy that may have been deployed successfully uh, which maybe has been deployed successfully in one or two other countries like South Korea. Now, we didn't really go for herd immunity. We did the equivalent of penning a fucking Serengeti plane full of gazelles penning them in with a fucking fence and tossing in a herd of fucking hungry lions. That's the type of herd immunity we went for. Herd immunity is meant to take place when you have a vaccine or you have adequate safety measures in place few of which were in place prior to this lockdown. So herd immunity, whilst I'm drawn to it as a strategy if it's done right, it has to go into room 101 as it will have no meaningful or useful or purposeful usage for at least another generation. We've been as loose with it as Boris was high-fiving a a ward full of corona patients, putting himself and others at risk. The word can never be used again in its correct context. So it's fucking going into room 101 straight off the top, folks, and you'll probably be happy to hear about that. Now, number two. Now, we got that biggie out of the way um, at the top of the show. Uh, You can probably all tune out now and go and do something more useful instead. Or, if you're any way sensible, you can stick with me and we'll go for number two, which is Quentin Quarantino. Quentin Quarantino. Do you see what I did there? You know what's coming now, don't you? Honestly, maybe this one's an AIDS thing and I wished I'd never um, I, I wished I'd never say the words that I'm about to say or that I've just said actually that it's an AIDS thing and it goes against much of what I preach about attracting the eyeballs but the bilge, the bilge that's being churned out as amateur short videos is tragic. A lot of this is happening over on TikTok TikTok, I don't know, but it looks to me that people are saying to themselves, because, because I'm now as fat as Jack Black after months of lockdown, I think I'm now as funny. <laughs> I'm as fat as Jack Black now, so I think I'm now as funny. That's that's what it looks like to me. Let me tell you, you're no fucking Jack Black. Delete your motherfucking TikTok account if you're over 20 right now. Just fucking stop it. Please stop it. Quentin Quarantino is definitely going into room 101. The end of this shite will be my biggest win 
um, from their own passing. Go and create a fucking podcast or something else and make yourself useful instead for fuck's sake, man. This, this, this stuff, this stuff has to stop. It's in room one, one. You're no Jack Black, right? Okay. Number three. We're off to a right crack and start in this episode, aren't we? That's a 100% success rate. That's two out of two straight down the hatch. Straight in the letterbox into room 101. Now, let's see if we can make a three out of three. Now, our next one is Covidiot. Covidiot. Now, which is essentially what's called a portmanteau. Now, we're, we're getting a little bit uh, BBC Radio 4 now. A portmanteau. When two words are combined together to create a new one. Now, from my understanding, Covidiot is a blend COVID 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 it's not that easy to say is a blend of COVID and idiot i.e. someone ignoring uh, sort of public health warnings to make COVID it <laughs> okay, I don't know why I say that funny now on the face of it I like what they've done there with the conjunction or the portmanteau of the words and there are definitely some fucking idiots running about out there refusing to social distance even when asked or having house parties while the neighbour has been studiously adhering to the lockdown. But that's where my admiration of the word ends because the use of covid has been hijacked by some of the sneeriest the biggest curtain-twitching assholes you'll ever meet. The nosy neighbour on fucking steroids wondering whether you paid contactless to the window cleaner whilst they retweet with glee the latest death tolls to scare the fucking crap out of others. Look, folks, a certain percentage of the population will always get on like idiots. Like, I've probably been there myself in the past. Those of us who aren't at this uh, current stage of their lives, idiot. Probably idiots probably have been at some stage in the past when they were a bit younger, maybe perhaps, or maybe when they were a bit older. And we, we, we better not sneer. I don't think we should be sneering at them, okay? Don't think we should be sneering. So Covidiots cracks the crossbar and doesn't, maybe surprisingly, make it into room 101. So number four. Okay, here we go now. We're warmed up. We're not even... Going to debate the next one. I can tell you from the top that it's going straight into room 101. No ifs, no buts. And it has to be the most stupid fucking thing I've ever heard in my godforsaken life. Have you guessed it yet? There are so many of them out there to be fair. Maybe you haven't guessed it. The mixture of pandemic, lockdown and social media is a veritable smorgasbord of cheese and sandwiches left out in a sunny day. Creating a multiplying of fucking bacteria. But... The one that gets the prize for going straight into room 101 right from the fucking top without debate is stay alert. <laughs> stay alert. I, I swear, Jesus fucking wept. <laughs> there are people paid money to come up with that shit. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm not even going. I'm not even going to discuss it. I'm not even going to discuss it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to move on. It's so bad. Straight into room 101. There's no arguing. If you want to fucking keep it out of room 101. Room 101, I'm prepared to have a fucking fist fight with you, okay? And <laughs> Have a fist fight, hit me up on social media and we'll get this fist fight done. Because <laughs> Room 101, stay alert, it's going straight into Room 101. I don't think there's anything further I can add to that discourse um, in relation to how bad a slogan that actually is. Now, fifth, number five. I think the longest lasting one that's come out of sayings, that's come out of um, the lockdown, etc. is going to be hashtag WFM. Hashtag WFM. Working from home. It's such a biggie that I actually did a whole episode on it a couple of weeks ago. And it it describes an entire paradigm shift in how we live, how we manage ourselves and others, how we interact and thrive, how our cities will look. And it's all been facilitated by the meeting of two 
things, meeting of two things, a pandemic and technology and the junction of where they meet has created this hashtag WFM. The world will never be the same again. I think probably for the better in the long run, probably for the better in the long run, I'm looking to see how it plays out. So WFH is defo not going in. I'm excited and intrigued by how personally my life and the businesses I'm involved with will change due to those structural changes in society. And actually, um, those who are the most adaptable will actually be able to profit from them. So folks, get on that WFH. Number six. Now, I'm tempted to put something about Trump in here. Um, uh, I, uh, do, do you know what? Something that he has said, but pick, <laughs> picking out one... Picking out one word or saying would be like pulling a piece of string in a badly made pair of shorts. And it wouldn't be too long before it would be sitting here in my underpants once you start pulling the string of all the stuff that he said. So I'm going to go a different route. I'm not going to go the Trump route. I'm going to go for another saying, number six, I'm going to go for flattening the curve. Flattening the curve. And I'm using this one to evidence the death um, of actually deference to experts, the death of experts, as it were, or deference to their um, thoughts and beliefs. Now, in the UK, we've now got 60 million epidemiologists who understand the R number and can predict what's happening. We've 60 fucking million of them, not 200. We've 60 million of them. Uh, It may be that the the politicisation of the scientific community, I mean, some of the stuff that's gone on in the US and the UK in recent years has been horrific in how experts have been demeaned Uh, and undermined. Now, I believe that it's led to a situation where experts have become pliable to the wishes of their political paymasters um, to try and get back in the frame. But the sequelae of that, you know, I've gone all Radio 4 again, if you need to look that one up, the sequelae, the stuff that follows on from that, is that the public don't believe the experts. And we've ended up, therefore, with 60 million experts unflattening the fucking curve because they don't believe the experts. So flattening the curve, the effective reduction of the R rate, as Mrs. Merkel so beautifully explained it earlier in the pandemic in itself, in itself isn't worthy of entry to room 101, but I'm fucking it in there anyway, half out of exasperation and half because I fucking can. Now, maybe maybe, maybe we should have discussed the rules before I started this room 101 today, as I think I just broke one or two of the unwritten rules there. I stuck that, I stuck the flattening the curve in there just half because, because I can. Uh, but Mrs. Merkel certainly explained the R rate and all that stuff weeks and weeks, maybe months ago, um, really, really well. And uh, But we have 60 million experts in the UK and Ireland. Now, number seven. Now, there are lots of others which I hope we'll see the back of over time, which are descriptors such as social distancing, self-isolation and many more. And I just, you know what, I just hope hope that they will fade from our psyche over time. So that's number seven. There's just a whole host of words there to have the, you know, sort of the most popular ones, social distancing and self-isolation. I just hope they will just fade from our psyche. Um, I'm not going to discuss about whether they go in or whether they don't go in. Um just over time, I hope they will pass. And number eight, and this is my last one, number eight, and the one I'm going to finish on, which had to pop up somewhere with our increased use of video conferencing. I discussed this a few weeks ago when I was talking about Jeremy, Jeremy Beadle being ahead of his time. And this one makes me chuckle as it's about as popular as a fart in a two-man spacesuit. And it is the elephant in the Zoom. The elephant in the Zoom. I love that. I love that. I just love that. 
uh, you know that moment when you spot something in someone else's room that shouldn't be there. Now, a couple of great guys actually from Belfast, Sean and JP of uh, Core Impact, uh, did a skit. Uh, it's Core Impact in Belfast here. Did a skit on this a few weeks back of a guy being interviewed for a cleaner's job, and his room in the backs in the in the background was a total bomb site. Now, the guys when they did this sketch. They did a totally deadpan. It was absolutely hilarious and one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. So you know the crack um, with the the elephant in the Zoom. It's the scouring of the bookshelf, you know, of Kate and Jerry McCann seeing if they have a Columbo novel on their shelf or whether Piers Morgan is reading How to Win Friends and Influence People or looking to see if Joe Wicks has a VPL. Those are all the things, the elephant in the, in the Zoom. Now, you know the pack drill. Or if you're having a team meeting and the boss says something totally inappropriate uh, and back in the day, all of you would have, just before we were in, in the Zooms, all of you, if some if your boss said something totally inappropriate, you'd have just shifted your eyes to the side so the whole room knew that, you know, you knew and they knew what had just happened. But you know what? You can't do that now because you can't see the subtle eyeball shifts down the lens of the camera because people are looking at the screen rather than at the actual lens that's doing the filming. So for me, the elephant in the Zoom is a thing of beauty and I'm interested to see how it develops over the coming months and years as we're increasingly connecting and conversing by video conference. So, elephant in the Zoom, I'm not putting that in. I want to see where that goes. I'm, I'm keeping that out. That's staying out. Now, just as an aside, when we're talking about, I hope you enjoyed those um, little sayings and the Room 101, the wee bit of crack, and I hope it lightened your your your, uh, your time under Rona and lockdown etc but just as an aside when we're talking about use of language um, no conversation would ever be complete without a little bit of cockney rhyme and slang and my favourite to come out of this has been calling that little green splodgy thing the Miley Cyrus the Miley Cyrus now talking about Miley Cyrus we clawed we chained our hearts in vain we jumped Never asking why We kissed I fell under Your spell I love No one could deny Don't you ever say I just walked away I will always want you I can't live a lie Running for my life I will always want you I came in like a wrecking ball I never hit so hard in love All I wanted was to break your walls All you ever did was wreck me Yeah, you wrecked me I put up high in the sky And now you're not coming down it slowly turned, you let me burn And now, we're ashes on the ground Don't you ever say, I just walked away I will always want you I can't live a lie, running for my life I will always want you I came in like a wrecking ball I never hit so hard in love All I wanted was to break your walls All you ever did was Break me Like a wrecking ball I never hit 
so hard in love All I wanted was to break your walls All you ever did was break me You, you break me Oh, we all love a little bit of Miley in our lives Thank you, Miley So, how apt a song was that? The Wrecking Ball because that's what's happened to the world since the Rona hit. But as I said in the post on LinkedIn recently, Darwinian principles apply, folks. It's not the strongest or the smartest, but those who adapt that will thrive. So hit me up on social, and if I've given you value on this podcast, why not return the favour and give me a review just like AFK73 did. And AFK73, I believe that's Alan Kennedy from right here just outside Belfast, who gave me a, a review simply titled, Awesome. Now, and the review goes like this. Five-star review, by the way. Did I tell you that? Nothing else to say, but this is my home, Northern Ireland. And this is the country's answer to Gary V. And he goes, wow, episode one, two, three, and a fucking explosion. And by the way, episode one, two, three is the one about imposter syndrome. And I've certainly had a very strong feedback about that episode from others too. So thank you very much, Alan, for giving me a shout out. So why don't you do me the favour... And leave a fucking review of this episode, of the podcast, the one that I so richly deserve, just like Alan has done. Or you could just uh, run with the herd immunity over on Dickhead Island. And most of them haven't let me left me a review over there either. Whichever one you do, leave me a review or not. It's your choice. <laughs>